Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have your Bible, turn me to the book of John chapter 12. John chapter 12. As you're turning today, let me say what an honor it is to have my mother-in-law, my favorite mother-in-law, best one I ever had. Ferna's in the house. this week and we've had such a great time amen thankful for a great mother-in-law I hear all kind of horror stories I'm like man I, let's, I, 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 I praise God I thank God for a good mother-in-law amen now some of y'all just need to keep looking at me just keep looking at me don't, don't do what you want to do right now don't do what you want I know what you want to do you want to go don't do that don't do that don't do that amen don't do that it's good to have Blake and Bethany Miller in the house Pastor Blake and Sister Bethany Miller in the house. Love you guys so much. Great man of God. Amen. Brother Miller did a great job today at Bible study. I thank God for good teachers of the word. Amen. Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I'm probably missing some people that I want to make special note of, um, but just pretend that I did. Amen. Let's don't and tell everybody that we did. John chapter 12, I want to read for you just a scripture, then I'm going to have you be seated. I want, you, I want to take, take you to verse 20 of John 12, verse 20. I'm going to read more, but I, just I'm going to read a, a little bit, let you be seated. Uh, and real quick, as we're standing, I'm going to dismiss our three to five-year-olds. I almost forgot that. Our three to five-year-olds can be dismissed. And if you're a first-time guest here and you have a child ages three to five, they're going to just step out in the foyer. They're going to take them to their class. They're going to have a great lesson this morning. Our three to five-year-olds are going to have a great lesson. All of our other children are in the other building having Truth, Truth Kids Church. And they've been seeking the Holy Ghost. And I got news last week that uh, they were praying in the altars for the Holy Ghost. They had a great time. And I believe there's eight of them that want to get baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Truth Kids teams are just killing it right now. They're doing a great job. And uh, so here in a couple of Sundays, we're probably going to have a kids Sunday. And we're just going to let the kids come in here. We're going to have a great time. We're going to worship with us. And then we're going to baptize them all while we're having church. It's going to be fantastic. You don't want to miss that Sunday. We'll announce it when we, when we get ready to do that. It's going to be a great time. Amen. John 12, beginning in verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, I want you to catch this next phrase, Sir, we would see Jesus. Came to him and they said, Sir, we would see Jesus. This morning, uh, just for a few moments, I want to preach to you, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to feel your presence and your power. 
to be among your people. I pray today, Lord, that this word would do its work in us today. I pray today that we would not just be hearers of this word, but be doers of this word also. And we'll be so careful to give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Would you put your hands together and add your voice with it as you're seated in Jesus' name? Today, I, I'm going to tag in a little bit with my lesson from last Wednesday night. If you were not here Wednesday night, um, go to our YouTube page, uh, Truth Chapel, and watch the service, or, or our Facebook, whichever one, and watch the service uh, from last Wednesday night because uh, the Lord had been dealing with me on some things, and so I, I, uh, I brought some things out on Wednesday night that I believe would be a help to anyone who would desire to listen and to learn and to grow, amen, in the word. There, there are a few things um, that I mentioned on, thir- on Wednesday night that I would like to mention here again on Sunday. And I, I want to make these, these points very clear, and, and I would like to use them for the next part of this message today. I'm going to do my best to preach, uh, but I do feel a good teach in my spirit, Okay. Some of y'all didn't like that, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, do feel, I do feel a teach on me today, but uh, let's see if the Lord won't uh, cause a preacher to come up on me here in just a moment. And if, and if you're a preacher in the house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so the, a few comments that I made last Wednesday night, a few truths that I tried to bring forward. And one of the concepts that I, the Lord is dealing with me on right now is that there are two major attacks in our society today. These two major attacks are centralized around the two greatest commandments. You see, the, the enemy, the enemy is busy. I don't, I don't know if you are aware of this or not. Maybe, maybe you've been living under a rock for a few years. You, you're not paying attention very much. But if you're, if you're alive and in the world today, you have to realize that the enemy is busy, is very busy. And his task, his goal, his uh, desired achievement is to confuse people. The Bible tells us this, that God is not the author of confusion. Now, there is confusion in the world, but God is not the author of that. God is not the author of confusion. Some people say, well, the Bible is confusing to me. And I would say, well, you need to read it. And they said, well, it's confusing me. I said, well, then you need the Holy Ghost so that the Spirit can lead you into all truths. Because it is the Spirit that leads us into all truths. And if you're going to read the Word properly, you need, uh, you need a translator to read it properly. Now, you can read it and understand it. There are many scholars. There are people who are more educated on the Word than I am today. I promise you that. But there's revelation in that Word that can be missed if you don't have the Spirit. That is why you can read a scripture today and 10 years from now read the same scripture and it come alive to you like it's a breathing word and it comes alive to you because the, the, the word of God is God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. He is the word. The word is him. If you want to spend time with God, spend time with your Bible because he is the word. If you want to hear him speak, read out loud. Amen. He is an ever-present help, and he is uh, available to anyone who would want 
to learn of him. But the two major attacks that we have in our society today are based on the two great commandments. The enemy has a two-pronged attack because God, God has a two-pronged commandment. They say, Lord, tell us the greatest commandment. Tell us the greatest commandment. He says unto them, he says, well, the greatest commandment, as you know, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, and him only shalt thou serve. This is the great commandment. But then before they can comment on the great commandment, Jesus says, and the second is like unto it. Like I can't tell you one without telling you the other. You, you, you have to have both to understand where I'm coming from. And so Jesus tells them that this is the great commandment. And the second is like unto it that you love your neighbor as yourself. And then the Bible tells us that the whole commandment, that the entire word of God hangs on these two commandments. That we would love God and that we would love our neighbor. That's, that's Bible. That's not, um, that's not my opinion. I didn't, I didn't come up with that. This is what Jesus himself said. These are the two greatest commandments. This is before we get to Acts 2.38. This is before we get to water baptism. This is before we get to all of that. Before all of this happens, Jesus is telling us the two greatest things that we need is you need to love God and you need to love your neighbor. These are the two commandments, the greatest commandments in the Bible. And we will know that commandments are important to Jesus because he will, he will, tell, he will tell us who, who is my mother and my father, who, who is my brothers, those that do my commandments, who is my, my family, who, who is the righteous, who, who are the apostles, who are the disciples, those that follow my commandments. His, his commandments, we know, are love God and love your neighbors. So, 2021, welcome everybody. Here we are together today, and the enemy is hard at work, very hard at work. Here's what he wants. He wants to confuse us on the deity of Jesus Christ, and he wants us to hate each other. He, he is, his, his game plan is to attack the two things that he knows the entire law hangs on. He don't have to attack 17 things. He doesn't have to worry about seven or eight or 12. All he has to worry is about two. If he can have us confused on who Jesus is and confused on each other, that we would hate each other, despise each other, backbite, gossip, alienate each other. Amen? And, and all, all that he has done is, is he's just put tools in our hands. He, he put a tool in our hand, and, and so now we, we have the ability to say things online that we would never say in person. You would never look me in my face and say that. Nay, nay. Never. Now, there's a few people that might. There's, there's a few people in the house that might look you dead in your face and tell you what they think. But, but most of us, we are keyboard commandos. Get me behind the keyboard and I'll tell you everything you need to know and then some. Am I, am I alone in 2021? Am I, am I the only man alive in the 2021? Do y'all not see that the emperor is naked? Can nobody tell? Can nobody see it? We, the enemy 
is attacking us on absolute truths and division. That's the attack. Nothing is true. Nothing is true. He's, he's attacking truth. And truth is not an ideology. Truth is not a doctrine. Truth is not a subject. Truth is a person. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If any other man would come any other way, the same is a thief and a liar. We used to sing the old song, can't get to heaven on roller skates. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Can't get to heaven. And we sing, this train is bound for glory. Ain't nothing going to ride but the right and the holy. This train is bound for glory, this train. This train don't carry no religion, this train. Yeah. We, we sing the whole song about everybody who we didn't agree with, didn't like. This train don't care no reprobates. This train. We be shouting. Somebody's like, come on now. Go Break out the harmonica. Yeah. And what we've done, what we've done is we've just made it so there's nothing true. You can be what you want to be if that's how you feel today. You, you can say what you want to say if, 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 if that's what you believe. Do you truly believe it? Well, then it's fine. It's okay. Does it feel good? Do it. Well, they believe that's true, but we don't believe that's true, so we don't know what's true. And we can't say anything definite. That's what people hate about the Word of God is that there's no gray area. There's no gray area in the word of God. Jesus doesn't give us a gray area. Jesus tells his disciples, he said, suppose ye, because he, he saw them kind of slipping, he, and he saw that he, they thought that he was going to bring everybody together. And we're going to sit around the fire and sing kumbaya. That's what they thought. And Jesus said, he, Jesus stopped and he said, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Suppose ye that I came to bring peace? He said, nay. That's where I get that from. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. He said, I came to bring a sword. Jesus says, I came to bring division. He said, I'm not the author of confusion, but I will divide asunder. He said, I come to divide. He said, the reason I came to divide is not because you are a Republican or Democrat, black, white, rich, poor, tall, skinny, whatever. Whatever lines we want to draw. He said, no, I come to draw a line between truth and lie, right and wrong, righteous and unrighteous, holy and unholy, good and evil. He said, woe be unto that evil generation who will call a good thing evil and an evil thing good. He said, I came to draw a line and you either on my side or you're not on my side. There's no middle of the road. There's no, I'm trying to keep everybody happy. We can't keep everybody happy. If we could keep everybody happy, this building would be full today. But we can't make everybody happy. Because if we're going to preach the infallible, true word of God, then Jesus is the only way to heaven. 
Jesus is the only saving name. Jesus is the only saving Savior. He's the only name you need to be baptized in. He's the only name that can reach you. He's the only name that can deliver you. He's the only name. You need healing for your body? It's in the name. You need saving for your soul? It's in the name. So last Sunday, I really talked a lot about the second part of that commandment, which is love your brother. Let when Judah speaks, if you want to hear last Sunday, YouTube it. When Judah speaks, I talked about Joseph's telling his brother, I would not reveal my face to you. You would not see me until I can trust you with your brother alone. Until I can trust you with your brother when he has favor on his life. And until I can trust you with your brother when he is in trouble. See, we have to understand that the enemy is attacking the two places where he knows the church cannot grow if we do not get these two things right. And I don't mean numerically. A lot of times when I say the church is going to grow, we all start thinking about numbers. Oh, yeah, we're going to have more people. This row, this row is empty. No, I'm talking about growth. A healthy church. I'd rather have a healthy church than a full church. Absolutely. I'd rather have a knowledgeable church than a full church. I'd, have a, I'd rather have a spiritually healthy church than, than numbers beyond my imagination. You know why? Because a healthy church can attach people healthily. An unhealthy body can't, cannot take anything else on. But a healthy body can grow in a healthy way. People say, yeah, man, we grew overnight. We, we went from two people to 400 in six months. But that's not natural. That's not natural. Mamas don't have babies like that. Unless you're a spider. That devil is a lie. <laughs> See? See? Facts. Here's what, Jesus, here's, what, here's what God told the children of Israel. He said, I have a great promise for you. I have fields that you didn't plant, houses that you didn't build. I got stuff that you didn't even touch, but I have it for you. He said, but I'm going to give it to you little by little. He said, lest the land overtake you, it's too much. You see, a healthy body grows in a healthy way. A, a healthy church grows in a healthy way. In a healthy church, when someone on your job asks you, why don't you do that? You don't say, well, my pastor told me. That's not a healthy church. A healthy church says, well, in the Bible, in Matthew chapter. That means you know it as good as I know it. Because God said, not because court said. That's a healthy church. That's healthy people. And God wants a healthy church. And so we have to understand that there's two things that God wants. He wants us to love each other and love him. And we can't love each other if we don't love him. If you don't love God right, you're not going to love your neighbor right. No, no, no. That's why when we go all the way back to Genesis and Exodus and we get the first Ten commandments, we see that those ten commandments are split down the middle with how we treat each other and how we treat God. And it starts with God, God first. Yeah. 
Love the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before you. There's only one God. That's first because if we don't get the God thing right, me and you, we, we always going to have trouble. See, because if I love God, when you offend me, and you will because you flesh. When, when we have God and I offend you, and I will because I'm flesh. When, when we have God, I go to God first about you. God gets me right about you, and me and you are okay. Why? Because in between me and you, there is a God. I love God too much to hate you like that. Oh, come on, somebody. I love God too much to treat my neighbor that way. I love God too much to mess around with my neighbor's wife. Come on, somebody. I love God too much to take my, my neighbor's lawnmower. I love God too much. Is this all right on a Sunday morning? And it's in Jesus. Jesus is the key. This world, this, the enemy of this world is not worried about religion. Religion is one of the main driving forces of, of everything in this world, economics and beyond, finances and beyond. That, 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 that is the driving force of a lot of what happens in this world is driven by religion. The devil is fine with religion. He's good with that. You want to believe in something? Man, believe in it. You have faith? He'll let you have faith. Have faith. Yes, have faith. The devil don't care if you have faith. You have faith all the time. Listen, it takes way more faith to believe that two rocks hit each other in outer space and created this. That, that's a lot of faith. You, you believe that. I mean, I mean, really, you believe that. You believe that there was just, uh, just a happen chance, two asteroids connected in, in the cosmos somewhere, and there was a big bang, and then there was a lot of heat, and then there was a, a ball, a perfect ball formed and just hanging in space, and then uh, bacteria started to grow, and that bacteria, you know, finally turned into like maybe like a fish or something, and the fish came out of the water and got on dry land, and then the fish turned into a, a, a biped or a quadped first, and, and then after the quadped, the, the fish turned into a, a biped, and the biped grew up to a monkey, and then the monkey shed his hair and became a, I mean, that's, that's okay. That, that's faith, though. You can't tell me that ain't faith. Well, you, you got no scientific evidence, zero. None. You got no, no, no you, 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 you might, listen, you might could convince me between the monkey and the man, all right? Because I got some family members. I'm just going to tell you. It's not a big jump. It's not a big jump. I, I can see that. I can, okay. You want to tell me that this man right here used to be a monkey? I'm good with that. It, it, it explains a lot. Okay? But when you start talking about the fish to the monkey, now, come on now, we, we got to talk. Fish to a bird, to a dinosaur, to a monkey, and then the oil in the ground is a dinosaur blood. I don't know. Listen, I'm crazy. It's, it is, that is faith. That is, you got to really believe that. You got to really believe that. That is some good faith you got there, sir. That is some great faith you have there, ma'am. You got no, no scientific evidence no, no archaeological backing on any, any of that. And we got 25,000 known archaeological digs of the Bible that's all proven true. 
And, 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 and before, you even, before you even knew, before you even really knew that the earth was round, God told you in the Bible that it hangs on a sphere, which means round in Greek. I'm just saying, I, I feel better. I mean, if we're going to believe something, let's believe on a thing, okay? And, and the world doesn't care if you believe. It's fine with believing. But when you say, I believe in Jesus, and I believe that he's the only way, now we have a problem. Because the attack of the enemy is not on your belief system and not on your religion. The attack of the enemy is when you say that Jesus is God and it's all in him that God saw fit that in him would dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When we start talking that, that's the problem. Yeah. When they say, show me your religion and we say, Jesus. When they say, show me what you believe, and we say, Jesus. When they say, how must I be saved, and we say, Jesus. When they say, listen, what is the truth, and we say, he is the truth. He is the way, and he is the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by him. You can't get there any other way. I'm glad you're good. Thank God for it. I'm glad you mowed your neighbor's grass. Thank God for it. I'm glad you gave blankets to the people downtown. Thank God for it. I believe in all of that. But if you don't have Jesus in your life, and if his blood has not been applied to you, you're missing out, baby. You're missing it because Jesus is the only way. We would see Jesus. The, 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 the Jews and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious people that were talking in John chapter 12, they were looking at Jesus and they were trying to discount every statement that he made. But here come some Greeks that are not theologians. Here come some Greeks that are not priests. Here come some Greeks that are not Sadducees and Pharisees. And they say, we want to see, we would see Jesus. We just want to see him. I know everybody else is judging him, but I want to see him. When you have an open heart like that, he'll reveal himself to you. When I'm not coming with questions I'm coming with curiosity I want to see him I'm not coming to grade you I'm not coming in here to prove you wrong I'm coming in here so you can prove me wrong yeah they said we would see Jesus and Philip and Andrew come to Jesus they don't have time to read the whole thing but Philip and Andrew come to Jesus and they say Jesus there's some Greeks here and they want to see you they want to see Jesus and here's what he says in verse 23 of John 12. Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. And, and, and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bring forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Watch this. He said, now is my soul troubled. And what I say, Father, save me from this hour. For this cause came I into this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. <laughs> The people, therefore, that stood by heard it, and it thundered and said, An angel spoke to him. And Jesus said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I 
be lifted up from the earth. I will draw all men unto me. Now, I know we, we, we read that scripture as if it's worship and praise, but you got to keep reading the Bible. Don't listen to every preacher you hear. L read the Bible for yourself because the next verse, he said, this he said, signifying what death he should die. When he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He wasn't saying, if I be praised, I will draw all men to me. That's not what he was saying. That's, that's good scripture. And, and if you want to preach that, I've preached it before. And we can shout about it. I believe it. But that's not what he, Jesus was talking about. He was signifying what death he should die. He knew that they would put him on that cross. And they would lift him from the earth. Can, just for a few more minutes. Can I preach to you for a few more minutes? The Greeks come and the Greeks say, we want to see Jesus. We would see, we, we would see him. We, we, we want to see Jesus. And the next statement that Jesus makes is about his crucifixion and his death. Instead of saying, hey, Greeks, here I am. Come see me. I'm over here. Come over here. Let me, let me heal some of y'all. Let me talk to your kids. Let me do all that. Jesus always had a way of telling people to come unto him. Come unto me. Let the kids come unto me. Let the Greeks come unto me. But in this moment, he says, listen, let me say this to you. The hour has come. We want to see Jesus. You want to see me? Do you really want to see Jesus? He said, you can't see me until I get lifted up. When they said, we want to see Jesus, Jesus talks about his death. And he talks about the end of his life. When they, see, when they say, we want to see Jesus, Jesus cannot yet talk to the Greeks. He's already told one woman that he did not come for you yet. He said, I came unto the children of Israel, not for the dogs. And so the Greeks can't really have that kind of connection with him. But Jesus is letting them know, when I be lifted up, I can bring the Greeks unto me. When I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. I, I, I really can't sit down at a picnic with the Greeks right now. But when I be lifted up, the Greeks can see me. Oh, listen, are you, are you seeing what I'm seeing in the scripture? I don't know if you've ever heard this preached before because I haven't. But the Lord showed me this week in my reading that when the, the Greeks wanted to meet with him, you'll never read where the Greeks actually met with him. Jesus just began to speak, the hour is coming where I'm glorified. And when I be lifted up, I will draw them unto me. They'll, they can see me, but they can only see me in my death. Hallelujah. What I want to preach to you today is this, is that if you really want to know who Jesus is, you cannot have a good vision of Jesus without him being nailed to that cross. The only time we see him is when he is high and lifted up. You really can't see him unless you know that he died for you. You really can't see him unless you know that they nailed him to a tree. You really can't see him unless you know that by his stripes we are healed and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. You really can't see see him until you know uh, that he died uh, and he rose again he said father glorify your name uh, he said I have both glorified it and I'm a glorified again uh, when you I glorified it now and I'm a glorified when you rise up out of that grave uh, I got you now and I got you then Jesus is the only way you know why because Jesus is the only one that died for your sins Jesus is the only one that gave his life so that you can live again Jesus is the only name you can call on and your body be healed Jesus is the only name you can call on and demons have to flee Jesus is the only name you can call on and your life be put back together again 
It's in Jesus. All in Jesus. It's in Jesus. He's the one. Somebody ought to shout Jesus right now. Shout Jesus over your family. Shout Jesus over your children. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the light. Ah. That's why Jesus told him, he said, listen, there will come a time, there'll come a time when they'll put me under scrutiny, not you. He said, there'll come a season when they put me under scrutiny. And he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And we are living in a season where people are putting Jesus under scrutiny. They, they, they want us to believe all sorts of things about Jesus. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the salvation. It is the power of salvation unto God. The gospel of Jesus is the only gospel. There ain't two gospels. There ain't three gospels. There ain't a gospel over here and a gospel over there. There is but one gospel. And it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if he be lifted up, the Greeks can see me. If I be lifted up, the Asians can see me. If I be lifted up, the Africans can see me. If I be lifted up, the Ethiopians can see me. If I be lifted up, the alcoholic can see me. If I be lifted up, the drug addict can see me. If I be lifted up, the homosexual can see me. If I be lifted up, the meth head can see me. If I be lifted up, the depressed can see me. If I be lifted up, the broken can see me. If I be lifted You can't see him until you see him on the cross. You can't see him until you we would see Jesus. Somebody shout that name. If there's anybody in the house that's ever been down and out, but you called on Jesus, you ought to take about 20 seconds right here and just give him a crazy praise. It was Jesus. I was lost, but it was Jesus. Jesus found me. Jesus saved me. Jesus turned me around. My good deeds were not good enough, but Jesus, he made the difference. Uh, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. I'll draw the weak. I'll draw the broken. I'll draw the broke. I'll draw the disgusted. I'll draw the beggar. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. Uh, remain standing. Nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. For it pleased God that in him would dwell the... For it pleased God that in him would dwell the fullness. Somebody say all of it. There's only one name that holds all of God. There's only one name that the fullness dwells in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to talk, if you want to talk to the same God that told Noah to build a boat... 
The same God that told Abraham, Abraham, just walk. I know you don't know where you're going. Just walk. The same God that told Isaac, Isaac, I'll be with you. You sow in the desert. I'll be with you. The same God that opened up Jacob's eyes when he put his head on that rock. The same God that gave Samson strength to take a jawbone of a donkey and kill a thousand Philistines. The same God that gave David the courage and the accuracy to take down a giant with just a small stone. If you want to talk to that God that caused the wind to blow all night so that the Red Sea would be opened up. If you want to talk to the God, the same God that called down fire from heaven when Elijah said, God, this is your show now. If you want to talk to the same God that caused the meal to keep going in that barrel and the oil to stay in the cruise. If you want to talk to the same God that caused the ravens to feed the hungry. If you want to talk to the same God that caused the axe head to swim. If you want to talk to that same God, I know the name you can call because the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus. When I say Jesus, I say Jehovah. When I say Jesus, I say Elohim. When I say Jesus, I say El Shaddai. When I say Jesus, I say Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Exitnu. Ah, when I say Jesus, I I say master, savior, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. When I say Jesus, I say holy, 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 holy. We would see Jesus. We would see him. My prayer today is that you would leave this building knowing without a shadow of a doubt that you're serving the right guy. You know why? Because there's nothing more powerful than a saint of God who is confident in his Savior. Listen, you keep trying to be perfect, but God just wants you to be sure. I'm going to help somebody right here. I'm going to help somebody. You keep trying to focus on all of your good deeds to keep Jesus happy. I did this right. I said that right. I, I didn't get mad over here. I did, and and we, we all struggle because sin and failure and mistakes draw a line of delineation between us and Jesus. And we automatically feel like Jesus is mad at us because of our deeds. But can I remind you that when that prodigal son came home, in Luke 15, if you want to read it, in Luke 15, when that prodigal son came home with the smell and stench of sin still on his clothing, he came with his head bowed. He came with his heart broken. He came with the understanding that, that my father ain't going to be happy when he sees what kind of mess I got myself into. But when the father saw him, the state of his life, the state of his life held no bearing on the love of the father. The Bible says he ran to him. And he didn't stop 
whoa, 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 God, oh, oh, man, what did you do? What, what, what is that? Is that, is that, is that pink on you? You good Jewish boy who knows the rituals and regulations and laws that you can't even be near swine? Oh, look at you, man, you messed up. You broke the rules. Oh, come on, come on. Get him cleaned up. And when you get done, when you get done getting cleaned up, I'm going to put you out in the back of the pasture. I'm talking to some of y'all ex-preachers in here that made mistakes and don't want to preach no more. That's for you. Let's put him out in the back. Let's don't, let, let, let's don't even let nobody know he's coming back to church. Let's, can we get that man a fake mustache? Put disguise on him in the back. That's not what he did. That's what he did. He came and he grabbed him. He said, oh. He could smell him for sure. He could see him for sure. But his love wasn't predicated on the kid's deeds. His love was predicated on his goodness. Your mistakes don't phase God's deeds. Stop judging yourself by your deeds and start judging yourself by his deeds. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good shepherd. He, the old song said, he looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. Put a robe on this young man. Get him cleaned up. Put a robe on him. Put the shoes on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. And, and, and kill the fatted calf and get we're gonna, we're gonna have a party. And the only person in the entire story that even cared what he did was the brother. The brother said, don't you know that he just, he went out there and, and he was with them hookers and stuff? That's what, the, that's what the, the brother said. We would not have even known that. Do you know that? Go read the story again in Luke 15. There was no mention, no mention of anything that he did until the brother spoke his sin. Love God. Love your neighbor. No mention, no mention of the issue until the brothers get involved. They start telling the stuff. Well, I don't know if you heard what really happened. Shut your mouth. No one needs to know. Hey, you, hey, listen, you want some revelation? I know I got you standing. I'm sorry, but, but, but do you want some revelation? You want some revelation? Here's the problem. Here's where the real problem lies. Here it goes. Watch this. The father separated his possessions to the two boys, right? That's what the Bible says. In the beginning of the story in Luke 15, Jesus says he gave them his stuff. So he split his stuff with them. If, 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 if that's true, and each boy got half of the father's stuff, it wasn't the father's calf to kill. When he said kill the fatted calf, if the story is true, then that wasn't the father's calf because he gave him his boys half of everything he had. And so when he said kill the calf, he was really saying go kill the brother's calf because he gave him everything that was his, separated it down the middle. And the problem was this, 
it, the only way to celebrate him is to take something from me. And just because your brother's winning doesn't mean you're losing. No, 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 no. The only problem that he had was that he couldn't shine and it was his calf. And I got to give something up to let my brother back. And we're throwing a party. All this is mine anyway. And the father looked at him and said, boy, don't, don't you realize that all that I have is yours? Calm down. Stop being so greedy and so needy. And stop thinking that every time we throw a party for someone else, it means that you're bad. Because the problem always lies the father and the brothers. And if the brothers could ever get closer, by default, we get closer to. Jesus is still the answer. And if you can stop seeing all of your deeds and see his deeds and do us all a favor and look past us, please do. We're a hot mess and we need help. And if you're going to let somebody get in the way of you in this altar today, because you don't want somebody to look at you, think something of you, think less of you, think that you're not right, think that you're not holy, whatever it may be, and you're going to let somebody's opinion of you get in the way, what you're doing is you're putting me in the way of you and the Father. Jesus is your only hope. I can't help you. Jesus is your only hope. Your wife can't help you. Jesus is your only hope. Your husband can't help you. Jesus is your only hope. Your friends can't help you. Your children can't help you. No one can help you but Jesus. That's it. Jesus. Jesus is it. And if I love Jesus the way I say I love Jesus, then I'll help you. I'll let Jesus use me to help you. And if I care for you like I say I care for you, then Jesus will use the willing vessel. Jesus will find somebody. He said, I will cause men to give into your bosom. Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Would you just maybe bow your head for just a moment, close your eyes. For on these two things hang the law. The whole law hangs on these two things. We got to get a clear view of who Jesus is again. Come on, church. We got to get a clear view of who Jesus is again. Take off the mask of society. Take off the mask of culture. Take off the mask of, of politics. Take off the mask of classism and racism and everything else. And just let's just look at Jesus again. Because if we can get right with Jesus, he's going to help us get right with everybody else. Let's get right with Jesus.
somebody run to the Father today. I'm not worthy, but I'm running to the Father. I, I'm not clean, but I'm running to the Father. I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm running to the Father because I'm not judging myself off my deeds. I'm judging myself off His goodness. And every head bowed, every eye still closed. This altar is open today. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.